Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. You're ready for the word, everybody? Some of you are. The rest is the food afterwards. That's all. Donuts and coffee and I'm ready for the word. That's cool. Carla and Richard had a little baby boy Zion. It's how they got joy and they've got Zion. And for anybody that knows Matt and Kelly, they also got engaged this week. So when you see them, congratulate them. We're making plans now and they're going to get married real soon. But uh, it's cool, hey? Just Nick having a birthday being in this community where we get to do life together and encourage each other in our faith and in our faith journey. And, man, I'm excited. I, this, is, this message I'm going to preach would usually be a message I preach for Easter. But I want to preach it for us today to kind of put a fire under each of us. Because we all say this is, we, we come here to be inspired, we come here to be empowered, and we, church starts tomorrow. Well, I want this message to be that kick in the pants that, who are you going to bring to church next week? They come at Christmas and Easter. People come to church. People are searching for truth. They're searching for answers in life. I, I want you to bring somebody to church next week. I want you to come to church, but I want you to bring somebody to the house of God. Let them experience. I, I get free sitting in worship. I, I, God speaks to me one thing and it brings clarity to a whole lot. It's like a domino is being set off. Yeah. is I've got all these questions, all these thoughts, all these things that are going on. It's like God speaks one word and everything changes. Yeah. So can I encourage you, bring somebody to the house of God next week. Amen. Because it's Resurrection Sunday. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's going to be cool. And I read this nice quote this morning. It says, be the reason somebody thinks God is so good. Yeah. Imagine if we all just strive to do that. Be the reason somebody thinks God is so good. Let somebody look at you, look at your life, look at your demeanor and how you go about it and, and go, God is good. Yeah. God is real and God is good. That's a little, little bit of homework for the week. Let's try and make somebody think God is good just by looking at our lives. Amen? Yeah. Okay. So the thing that differentiates Christianity from every other religion is the fact that Jesus is alive. Yeah. yeah. The, the difference between every other reason, uh, religion is that Jesus yeah. is alive. And one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is John 19.30. This is where Jesus is dying on the cross willingly for you and I, and it simply says this, it is finished. It is finished. The devil thought he'd won, but the devil was wrong. Yeah. Jesus declared, it is finished. And in that moment, death was silenced. So, so Easter is a, a, a time for celebration. It really is. It's, it's a time to celebrate, not just because we get a, a long weekend or that the Easter bunny brings chocolate eggs. And, and It's a time to celebrate because Jesus declared what he was going to do, die and rise again, and then he did it. Like that's, that changes everything. He did it. And I could st stand here right now and say, I would die for you. But I could never stand here and say, I will rise for you. I, I, can, I can say, I will die for you. I will put my life on the line. I'll sacrifice myself for you, but I can't make the claim that I will rise. Jesus said, I'm going to die and in three days. I'm going to be resurrected. I'm going to conquer death and sin. That's what Easter's about. That's what others need to know. They need to know that there's redemption, and redemption comes in the name of Jesus. Yeah. There was an act performed that changed everything, that changed the course of history. And so I, that's, that's, 
why I want people to come to church next week so that they can know what we know. So that they, they can receive that grace, that free gift that we've all received. And in Luke 24, verse 1 says this, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they prepared it and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Can you imagine hearing those words? Being on that, like like witnessing this. We've gone to pay our respects. We've gone to bring the the spices and the perfumes and to, to fulfill tradition. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. And, and I want to encourage us today that regardless of where you find yourself in life, because of Jesus, you can stand up again. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're challenged by, but you can stand again because Jesus Christ is alive. Yeah. He is with you. He is for you. And, and, I, and I want to encourage you, don't look for the living among the dead. Lift your eyes because he is risen. He is seated at the right hand of the Father and he is alive today. Church, it's time to stand up again. Can I get an amen to that? It's it's time to stir ourselves and stand again. I believe our time is short. I'm not an end times preacher. I'm not an end times anything. I believe in the goodness of God and that today is full of the blessings that I need. But but the things are happening globally and I sense that, that God is moving. And whether this is end times moves or not, I want to be a part of what God is doing in this move. It's time to rise. It's time to stand. It's time to stand up again because of the cross, because of Easter. It's time to let others know of the goodness of God. And the resurrection of Jesus is the central and pivotal point of our faith as Christians. It's the central point. So when we come around Easter, it's to remember Jesus said he would do something, and he did it. Yeah. And, and he was born with the sole purpose of dying yeah. for our redemption. Wow. That's why Jesus was born into the earth. Yeah. He was part of the God. He didn't have to leave heaven and come down. He came willingly, yeah. passionately, purposely to redeem mankind. We were separated by God, from God, by sin. We were separated by sin, and he said, I'm going to redeem relationship with mankind. That's what the cross looks like. That's what Easter represents. That's what we have, and that's what others need. Amen? And without the death and resurrection of Jesus, we'd still be living separated from God. But because of it, we have life. We have hope. We have salvation. We have the Holy Spirit, and we have a brand new beginning. I love what it says. It says, if anybody is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has gone. If we're in Christ, we need to get others into relationship with Christ. Be that person that others look at and go, God is good. And that's, that, that challenges me. Do, do people look on and go, there must be a God because of my life. And that God must be good because of how I do life. That challenge because we have to be real in our faith. Our faith, as I said last time I preached, whenever that was, it was it, it just can't be a, an insurance policy of when I die, I'm going to heaven. Yeah, I'm sorry. It, it, it has to represent more than that. And I read this amazing quote. It says this because who do we who do we follow?
follow? Who are we worship? Who are we singing to this morning? Who are we praising? It says, the greatest man in history is Jesus. He had no servants, yet they called him master. He had no degree, yet they called him teacher. He had no medicines, yet they called him healer. He had no army, yet kings feared him. He won no military battles, yet he conquered the world. He committed no crime, yet they crucified him. He was buried in a tomb, yet he lives today. That is Jesus. That's the Jesus we follow. That's the Jesus we serve. That's the Jesus we live for. It's time to stand up. It's time to press forward. It's time to go again. It's time to be those bright, shining lights. The Bible describes us as salt and light. Let's be what the Bible says we are. The, the Word says that all Scripture is God-breathed. God thought about it and He spoke it. He declared it to be so. And He's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We are thoroughly equipped because of the, the purpose and intent in the design of our lives. Jesus is with us. He is alive. He's not dead. And because of that, we have, we have death-conquering power available to each of us. Ephesians 1.19 says, uh, the same power that God worked in Jesus when he raised him from the dead is at work in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That We don't have to fear anything. We can walk forward in life, in our faith, and just representing Christ to our community. Amen? Amen. Uh, there was another quote that I read, that when you see an image of the cross, don't feel bad, feel loved. Yeah. When you see the cross, when you look to the cross, when we come to Easter and you see images of the cross, and don't feel bad. Feel love. That was Jesus' sole purpose in the earth to redeem us from the pit. So I want to ask you know, we, as we approach Easter, I guess the question is how much does he love you? And how much does he love others? Because his love is not just for us, it would be for the one, but it's not just for us, it's for those that don't yet know him. And love is defined, I believe, in two words the cross. Not the miracles, not the breaking of bread, not the walking on water. The love is defined as the cross. And so I want you to remember that when you encounter people and you come into situations and you face them, remember the cross. Because the cross is the very things that helps you get beyond what you're facing in that moment. And God loved his son enough to send his son to die in your place. I'm a father. I would not send one of my sons or my daughter to die in anybody else's place. Yeah. I couldn't bring myself to I couldn't do it yet. We've heard it said before that God bankrupted heaven by sending not, not just one of his, well, I've got three, so any, many, 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 I still have two left, that'll be all right. He sent his one and only son. You know, we, we need to not skim over this stuff. We need to sit in it for a moment. God sent his only son to die and be brutalized and broken and demeaned and and falsely accused and he, and he did it for you and I. But he didn't just do it for you and I. He did it for all of humanity. And he did it for your neighbor. He did it for your co-worker. He did it for your father. He did it for your mother. He did it to, for those that hate you. He did it for those that antagonize you and mock you because of your faith. He did it for them. Because the Bible says, and I'll get to it in a minute, Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were sinners, still sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah. The reality is we were all sinners. 
We were in sin, steeped in sin, covered with sin, and God says, I love you. I can see beyond your actions. I can be see beyond your intent. I love you enough that I want to bring you back into a relationship with me. I can see beyond all of that. And to me, you look as white as snow. I can't remember the things you've done. I can't remember that if you will just turn to me and call upon me, I see you as my own. That's unbelievable. And that should be good news. We were talking before about the gospel. George was talking about this is the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is good news. The good news this Easter is that God is for us and not against us. The good news is that he loves all men, that he wishes that none should perish. So, So we need to go out into our communities and say, this is the good news. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not, not just, just repent, not just come to church, not just give, accept and receive Jesus Christ into your life so you can receive everything you need to live the life he's purposed you for. Amen? I love it in Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave me, who loved me and gave himself for me. He loved you and gave himself for you. 1 John 4.10. This is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Has anybody seen the passion of the cross? I think most of us will have. Most of us have the coffee table book and that one's a bit brutal. We'll change the page and we'll go to the nice one. Uh, but, But it's brutal. And it was gruesome, but it wasn't exaggerated. That's how Jesus died for you and I. And I want, to, I want to describe the manner in which Jesus died for each of us to let you know the worth that you hold in the eyes of God. Because it wasn't just, okay, well, shoot me and I'll, and I'll die and it'll be nice and quick, it'll be painless and I'll rise again. Fantastic. No, it was brutal. And he went through every step of the brutalization so that you would know, I love you. And I don't know about you, I've walked through times and seasons where I've done things, where things have been done to me, where I've, I've experienced emotions and thoughts like that. I feel far from God. I feel worthless in the sight of God. I, and then all I have to do is look to the cross. And I can see the worth that he places on my life. But not just my life. Not just our lives. Every person every person on this planet. Yeah. Every person yet to be born. He, the worth that he he ascribes to them. And I love this because in Isaiah 53, it says he's despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, we did not esteem him. Surely he's borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was buried for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Can I tell you, Jesus Christ was crucified like a criminal. He wasn't a criminal. He was the only true perfect human being to ever walk this earth, but he allowed himself to die for you and I. He wasn't a a criminal, but he received the criminal's punishment. And crucifixion was a horrible way to die. And the Roman soldiers were just masters of prolonging the process of agony. Yeah. That, that they would do it in such a way that you didn't die quickly yeah. and it wasn't peaceful and it wasn't easy, that it was brutal and it was they were exacting on you a, a price for what you had done to somebody else. It was, it was unbelievable. Cicero called the crucifixion the most cruel and hideous of tortures. Durant wrote, even the Romans pitied the victims. 
So they would do what they had to do to exact this pain, but even they pitied their victims. And this is what Jesus, I, I don't know about you, I've got a pretty high pain threshold. Uh, one of my sons also does, the other one doesn't. Um, I'll let you choose which one. Um, but I, I, I can deal with, with pain, a, an amount of pain. But after a while, the, the, it's, has anybody ever been through that gnawing pain? Where it's like almost bone numbing, where, where you can't think straight. Somebody's talking to you. I remember when I walked through, before I had my double hip replacement, I'd been bone on bone for 10 years. The, my pelvis had, had, missed, had changed shape because it was grinding on, on each other. And it was literally, I, when somebody was talking to me, I had to, I had to think through the pain to make connection with them, to hear what they were saying. And this, this went on for like a 10-year period. So, so I understand. But this was worse. This was more. This was Jesus saying, lay everything that anybody has ever done. Let every sin, let every depravity, let, every, let it be laid upon me. I will take it on their behalf. The world needs to know this, that there's nothing that they've done that can separate them. Romans says, what then shall we say of these? If God is for us, who can be against us? There's nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. Why? Because of the cross. Because he went through this brutal process. And you know, Jesus had a crown of thorns driven into his head. I don't know if you've ever had a thorn, you've ever had a, a splinter, you've ever had something. And, it's, and sometimes you can't even see it. I remember once I was at Palm Beach with my grandmother, who was this stoic Dutch woman, and there was palm fronds everywhere, and she had open-toe sandals, and she kicked the palm frond. And it's like, oh, oh, that hurt. And as the Dutch are inclined to do, she kind of shook it off and there was blood coming out. We bandaged it up and, oh, man. Two days later, it went, went kind of purple. Three days later, it kind of went black. She went to the doctor and they pulled out a, a spike that had gone straight up under her nail, straight up oh. under. And, but it was like, I, I, I'm trying to evoke some thoughts this morning about what Jesus went through. He had a crown of thorns driven into his head, and it wasn't pulled out. It was it was driven in with the intent and purpose of bringing pain. And the head is one of the most. I've I've almost fractured my skull. I remember I had. I've got a lot of things. I've been writing. Oh, he's good. <laughs> But I used to get cortisone injections in my head every week. I'd get 10 cortisone injections because I had a condition that had affected all my nervous system and all my hair was falling out. And when this clump of hair grew back, this clump of hair fell out. So I went to church forever wearing a cap. This is, this is Confessions with Chichi this morning. It's, Jesus loves you. And the cross is real. You should bring somebody to church next week. But I would get 10 injections in my head every week. And they would put a numbing solution in the injection to, to make it less painful, and it was still the most, out of having wrist reconstruction, double hip replacements, 200 stitches, broken bones, broke, that was by far the most excruciating thing, was having these needles put into my head and then feeling the liquid drain down my neck. Jesus went to the cross and had a crown of thorns driven into his head for you and I. He was mocked, spat on, beaten with a rod, and he had his beard ripped from his face for you and I. He was made through this whole process to carry his own cross, the, own, the crossbar of crucifixion, which, which was painful and heavy. And this was a long distance. 
Nails were hammered through his shins and wrists, and they hoisted him upon a pole. His arms fatigued, cramps swept through his muscles, his lungs couldn't, could inhale but not exhale, which causes fluid to build up in the lungs as death slowly approaches, and insufficient blood travels to the brain and the heart. If you ever wonder how much you're loved, because in a millisecond, Jesus could have said, done, legions of angels come down, smite them all, wipe them off the face of this planet, I'm done, I'm out of here. And the Bible says he stayed silent and said not a word. And he, he received upon himself everything that you and I had ever done, anything that you and I would ever do. Because his desire is that none should perish and all should come to it. This is the good news of the gospel. You are loved that much. Amen. Amen. Everything was done, and I've got a whole lot of stuff here to be to the most minute of details. He was embalmed. He was. He had a, a spear shaft, shaft into his side. Water and blood came out. He was dead. He, he was he was dead and he was dead and he was dead and he wasn't coming back from the dead but God. We all need to remember but God. And I don't know if you're walking through a circumstance or a situation right now that seems dead, that seems lifeless, that seems impossible, that seems improbable. I don't know what you're walking through but God. But God. Because of the cross, we can stand up again. Because of the cross, we can go again. Let's stand up, church. Everybody say, but God. But God. The cross is love's masterpiece. But God, for so loved the world. And I love this because Billy Graham once said, God proved his love on the cross when Christ hung and bled and died. It was God saying to the world, I love you. And I'm, I'm repeating myself, but I'm repeating myself on purpose. The world needs to know God loves them. Yeah. We are not put on this planet just to accumulate and acquire and and do it and appear to be. We are here to represent Jesus Christ to humanity. Yeah. And it would be a hollow or a shallow and a meaningless life for me just to live for self and to gain a whole lot of things and do a whole lot of things but never lead somebody else into a relationship with Jesus. Because yeah. you take none of it with you. And the very thing that I hold on to and the very thing that I desire and I crave and I want more of and I and I set. Do you know the, 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 one of the most booming um, industries in Australia at the moment is storage sheds? I know, I've got friends that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars that can't buy enough land to put up more storage sheds that are going to be filled within a month of them opening because we've got so much stuff that we can't store. And I can't store it at home anymore, and it doesn't fit in the garage. And I can only, in my double garage, I can only fit one car because I've got so much stuff. So the other cars can stay up. But now I can't even store it at home. Uh, I have to go and hire a storage facility because I've got so much stuff. The, the fact of the matter is, there's a, there's a show called Storage Wars where people go and, and bid on, they don't even know what's in the storage shed, but they go and bid on the shed, thinking, well, I'll pay $50, I'll pay $400. But what I don't even know is in there. Then they open it up. Oh, this is what I got. I got a 1970s chest of drawers that's got cockroach poo and nothing else in it. I, I, you can't take it with you. 
And so we store and we store and we hoard. The thing of great value in your life is your faith in Jesus Christ, is the revelation of your redemption, is the truth of the love of God for you. Pour it out to somebody else. And the Bible says freely given, freely you've received, freely give. Let your life so shine. This Easter, I just want to encourage you. You are the church of Christ. You are ambassadors of God. You are called, chosen, set apart, sanctified. You are anointed to go and lead somebody else into a relationship with Jesus. Go and be what you were created for. I, I love Mark. I'm, just, I'm loving Confessions with Chichi. I'm loving the journey that's unfolding for Mark. And he told me another story this morning, so maybe Thank communion or, or, or the offering in about three or four weeks' time, we'll have stories with Mark again. But he, he's just saying that I've, I've, I've got this situation and God showed up like this. It literally was in what I had to do and what had to unfold was impossible, but God. And, and I, I see a, a transformed life through an encounter with Jesus, yeah. through somebody coming from, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry and I'm, I'm, I'm journeying and I'm searching, in, entering into a relationship with Jesus, and just slowly yeah. and slowly and slowly. And I remember times where Mark's walked in here, you know, church shirt wide open, coming to play drums, and he's, and he's got his shoes off, and, he's going, and it's like, the, my religious mind says, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> you can't come into church like that. You put you, when Grace gets up here with no shoes on, I'm like, and she's going, but it's on the ground. So that, but, but I'm like, it's, it's religious thinking that stops us engaging people. Come as you are. Let, let God do the transform. We, we accept you. We love you. We are journeying with you. Come as you are. And, and I, I hope our community sees you and goes, God is good. Yeah. I want to go to that place. Or God is good. I've known that person for eight years, and in the last two, they've radically changed. Yeah. Let me. The church will change you if you will sit under a shadow. And, and I want to be shadowed by the goodness of God. Yeah. I want to be shadowed by the, not by what I have. Because yeah. yeah. honestly, the things I have become a burden. And they become this anchor that I can't do what God's calling me to do or what I want to because I've got so much stuff. And that, that stuff that's that blessing has actually become a curse. Um, <laughs> declutter. There's a show on declutter. There's a show on. The world is preaching this stuff. Declutter. Get rid of your storage shed. Throw your trailer away. Get rid of your nukes. Let's live. It's where, and see, we go to tiny houses. That's the gospel. It's the good news. I'm only joking. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is all about hope in hopeless situations. And, and I've, I've, I've found that hope. I've sensed that hope when I've been hopeless. Uh, and even the journey with Maddie. He's, he's healed. Yeah. God is a miracle. Yeah. It's not what I wanted. Yeah. I was asked last weekend, what did you learn through that? Christian, because you, you pray for people's healing. You, but you're in faith. You seem like you're still in faith. I said, of course, God hasn't changed. Yeah. And I said, what I've learned is God is bigger than my emotions or my desires. Yeah. It doesn't hurt any less. Yeah. I cry every second day. I ask my wife. <laughs> She comes up and says, what's wrong? When I'm cooking dinner, I'm not trying to downplay it. What I'm saying is, he got his miracle. 
He's with Jesus. He's in heaven for eternity. And and if, if I can lead somebody else into a relationship with Jesus and not knowing what they will walk through in the years to come, that's all I'm called to do. It is so that somebody else can enter into eternity with their Lord and Savior, their good and loving Father. You exist for more than the sum total of what you have. Then your bank account, then your profession, then your the size of your house, and the, the top. Be blessed, live blessed, live abundantly, but don't live for it. Yeah. Live beyond it. Live with, with eternity in mind. Live with, with be, let people be the filter that you look through. That when you're making decisions and when you're doing, you see a soul, you see a life, you see the cause of Christ. Amen. Yeah. Hope in hopeless situations. I love it. Luke 24, 5 says this, Then as they were afraid, bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is risen. He is not here. He is risen. Through Jesus' resurrection, death was defeated. I might get the team to come back up. i got a, I got a whole lot of stuff here, but I'm not going to labour on it. So I want to encourage us. Let's go out on mission this week, church. Let's go out with love in our hearts. Let's go out knowing how loved we are. Let's know though, that we can stand up again. The Greek word for resurrection is Anastasia, to, to rise again. Let, let's rise because of Easter. Let's rise because of Jesus. Let's live well. Let's, let's live righteous and carry others into eternity with us. You know, in Romans 6, 7, it says this, for, we, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we die with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, knowing that Christ has been raised from the dead. Sorry, having been raised from the dead dies no more. Can, can I tell you that death no longer has dominion over you or I? And when we ask Christ into our lives, that we will only ever die once, but we will live on for eternity. And we will enter into a second birth. And and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is all about each of us receiving eternal life. And, and I want my brothers and sisters, I want the people in the community, I want them to know of this eternal life that they can receive also. I want to, I want to, and this is a bad way, I want to heap coals on people's heads who hate me simply because I don't respond and I just love them back. And I show them grace and I show them mercy and I live another way. And I don't know about you, I'm a, I'm a fighter by nature. I, I'll, I'll, I'll instantly, thoughts are running and I, I've got what I can say and what I could do and how I could get. Let's not live like that. Let, let's just live gracious. Let's just live forgiving. Let's just, if, any, if you hold anything against any person, can I encourage you today to forgive them? That'll be the first step towards somebody seeing Jesus. Is if you forgave them and they don't deserve forgiveness, because that's that's what Jesus did for you and I. He forgave while while we were still in sin, He died for us. That's Easter. That's the good news. That's the work of the cross. That's and and sometimes I think we come to church and we hear a whole lot of stuff, but we don't let that stuff become revelation in our lives. But that's where it says in Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, he will guide your paths. He will make a way, he will show you how to live. But but trust him with because God speaks to the heart, not the head. And people will feel from your heart who you truly are when, when you forgive 
and when you're generous and when you're gracious and when you're accommodating and when you're accepting. Amen. Why do we need to ask people to church next week? Because Jesus Christ is alive. And because of the works of the cross, death is defeated. We will live for eternity. Our bodies will rise again. We're seated at the right hand of God. We have inherited all things with Him. And we can now reign in life. Corinthians says, thanks be to God that gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You can reign in life. There are things right now that you're living under that God has called you to, to reign above. Start speaking to your circumstances. Start speaking to your storm. Start, start declaring the promises of God over your life, over your tomorrow, over your relationship. God is interested in the totality of your world. That's why he went to the cross. By his stripes you are here. Provision flows because of the cross. That the peace of God that surpasses all that becomes because we have faith in Jesus, a living Savior. That we can take, can I, can I take a hold of the truth of the Word of God? Let it become revelation in your heart. Apply it to your daily walk and watch what God will do. Amen. In John 11, 25, why don't we stand to our feet? It says this, Jesus said to Mark, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. I am the resurrection. I want our community to encounter resurrection life. I want our community. And so can I encourage you, have eyes to see. And when you're having that barbecue or your, that coffee or that just that in, encounter, look beyond the moment and see that eternity awaits for that person. And do something with that moment. Do something with your faith. Do something that changes their life, their family, their futures. Romans 10 says this. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. We can help others declare and believe. And it may not be anything you say. But it may just be who you are in their world, interested, activated, loving, looking for a moment. Can I tell you, everybody's got cracks. Every The hardest person on this planet has got a crack. And if we will look, we, it, will, it will be highlighted to us. We will see. And God will, God will make a way. He says, open wide your mouth and I will fill it. He'll give you the words to say. I know that dance one this week has been helping a brother who's not a Christian walk through a, through a traumatic time. And I know God will pour wisdom into that and he will give him the words to share in the moment that will bring relief. Let's be those people. Let's sing this song again. Whatever song we're going to sing, it'll be a good one. I love church, but not for church. I love church because we can come together. We can be reminded of what we're called to, what we're built for, what we've been empowered to do. And, and I tell you, it, it, it's, it's a great work. Let us step out. Let's be the church of Jesus. I don't want to get to the end of my days and go, well, I'm going to be back about 
exchange that took place at the cross, that we would remember the love that was poured out, we would remember the price that was paid, we would remember that we live on mission. Father, bless your church, bless your people. Father, I thank you, God, that you would use us. Thank you for partnering with us. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for loving us. And God, I pray this week that you're, by the Spirit of God, by your Holy Spirit, we would just be prompted. You would give us words to say. You would give us little visions, Lord God, that we would encounter people knowing that you would orchestrate it supernaturally, Lord God, and we would, we would do whatever you ask of us. Father, bless your people in your mighty and wonderful name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.